Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. What is going on, Playing Injured community? I am so excited to be with you today. I have a friend of mine, George Passaway, and uh, what a what a guy we have today. It's going to be quite the discussion uh, and very much on point with what we are doing here in the Playing Injured community, and that is finding out where people are playing injured every day and 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 how they're navigating that space and giving them some tools to be able to get through some of that to grow through it. And literally, that's what George does. Uh, To give you some background, George is a a husband, (laughs) father of two. Um, He's an adjunct instructor right now. He's also a middle school teacher. Um, Those things are are moving out, George was telling me, because he's also an author. He has four publications currently. Uh, We'll get a chance to talk about at least one of those. He has one pending. Uh, He's an entrepreneur. (laughs) He has uh, two companies, The Code Switcher. That's where he does, uh, that's his, his one of his books. And he also has a public speaking, does some public speaking through there. And then Educare Publications, where he helps people actually public, publicate books, public. What's the right word there, George? Publish. Publish, that's it. Publish books um, and uh, young people. And it, it's a pretty cool uh, couple companies. So we'll throw... The companies in the and the books and stuff in the uh, footnotes of this episode. But George, welcome! Thanks for taking the time today. Yes, thanks for having me. <laughs> we are we are pumped. Um, where I'd like to start out um, is just uh, a little bit of talk about your this uh, code switching idea. I think if anyone has heard this before, they probably don't know much about it, and I would say the majority of us probably don't know what the heck is this is all about. Give us a little bit of a background on this. Tell us a little bit about your background as you explain it. Of course. So code switching um, is something that we all do naturally as human beings. And the definition of code switching is the practice of one adjusting their style of speech, their appearance, their behavior, and expression to a particular context or situation. Again, it's something that we all do naturally as human beings. Just consider and think about how you communicate or express yourself when you're around either your family or friends. All right. More than likely, may communicate or express yourself in a more casually, in a more um, informal way. And in contrast, just compare, uh, think about how you uh, communicate or express yourself when you're in either like a professional or formal setting. Let's say at a job interview or around your colleagues, around your boss, or let's say at a fancy restaurant, right? More than likely, your speech, your appearance, your behavior and your expression transitions into a more formal and a more professional style. So essentially what we see here is that when it comes to code switching, it involves one conducting themselves differently when involved or immersed in either informal or formal settings. Um, George, is this uh, just, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt there, but is this more of a positive or negative thing? Like I, I, if, you know, I'm trying to understand, like, is this, is it positive that you code switch or is it negative or is it neutral? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, 
code switching has, it can be both a positive and negative. It is positive if you're code switching um, to, like, if you code switching on your own terms for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and what this looks like is this. So there are many reasons why people maintain a code switch. So it could be one to identify with a particular uh, social group, whether the social group is a race or ethnicity, age, gender, socioeconomic status, whether a geographic location, sexual orientation, religion, or other intersectionalities. People tend to code switch to identify with that group. Mm-hmm. Also, people tend to code switch to advance their professional goals. And through research, we found that during a job interview is when most people tend to code switch. Also, people tend to code switch to debunk or avoid negative stereotypes. Uh, specifically, in my research study that I did, which I'll explain a little bit more in depth, um, my research participants reported that they were intentionally co-switched to like change the narrative. Further, people tend to co-switch to uh, become diverse and effective communicators. So essentially, when it comes to this, people are co-switching to meet people where they are at linguistically. Let's say, uh, let's say there's a, a bilingual speaker who's fluent in both Spanish and English, this person knows exactly when to utilize Spanish and when to utilize uh, English. This person would not uh, use Spanish in an English exclusive speaking environment because they know that the Spanish won't be understood. So they switch so that they uh, can be understood and to match and meet this uh, linguistic community where they're at. Further, people tend to to co-switch to establish new connections with individuals outside of their race their support system and culture. Another reason why people tend to code switch is because of lack of representation. So there's a pressure of like representing your entire race in certain settings where you're underrepresented. So there's that pressure to code switch. And the last two reasons why people tend to code switch is to learn and understand different cultures. Uh, through research, we found that code switching helps a person to, um, to develop and promote uh, cultural awareness, sensitivity, and even competency. It shows a person how to um, show a keen interest in the difference of others and overall just value diversity. And the last reason why people tend to code switch is to be well-liked, to be respected, and to be understood by everyone that they are communicating with. So that is, you know, the, the more positives of code switching. Now let's talk about the, the negative of code switching. So there's some criticism of code switching that everyone needs to be aware of, right? So, um, one, of, one is that people should not have to adjust their speech, appearance, behavior, or expression just for inclusion or to be accepted, right? And for some, code switching uh, can, can be seen as like disowning or like downplaying either their race, their ethnicity, or their culture. Through research, we found that code switching, those who tend to code switch, um, experience some type of identity conflicts. Um, because you know they're switching, you know different appearance, switching different ways of communicating. That you know it can conflict with their self concept, self concept, meaning how they see themselves and things of that sort. Um, and and the last one is that the, the negative side. Some people code switch to suppress or hide their identity, their religion, or their social class just to fit in. So there we see the the both, you know, the positive and the negative sides of code switching. And I have found, I shared my book that code switching is only a positive thing if you're doing it for the right reasons and on your own terms. Uh, sometimes people aren't aware or conscious enough that they're code switching and they're just code switching and 
what happens when you're not conscious and making deliberate decisions like, okay, I'm going in this particular space, whether it's a professional setting, whether whatever it is, like, okay, I'm going to co-switch this way. Um, they're just co-switching and and we found that those who are co-switching unconsciously, they're experiencing more identity conflicts. And the work that I'm doing across the nation at these higher education institutions and corporations is that I'm sharing one, what this what co-switching is, and I'm sharing with them. Um, this burden that is placed on uh, people, students, and staff of color to co-switch um, to navigating certain spaces effectively. So that's a little bit about the negative and the positive of co-switch. And so as we see, it can be both the negative and the positive, and it's important for us to use co-switching for the positive and for the right reasons. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity shot, and it is designed to help you do more and stress less. Each shot contains a combination of 12 active ingredients designed to stimulate focus, creativity, energy, and motivation while decreasing stress, oxidation, and decreases post-exercise inflammation in the body. So go ahead, head over to www.magicmind.co slash injured and use the promo code injured for 20% off. So one more time, www.magicmind.co slash injured. Use the promo code injured for 20% off. One of the things, George, that I just noticed um, as I've hung out with different cultures is greetings, like how you greet somebody, right? It's, it's different across cultures. It's different across potentially even parts of the country, parts of the world um, in, in, in the greeting process. So if I walk into an environment, is that something I need to be aware of as I walk into that environment, how are, how do they greet people? And should I adjust to greet them? Where do you draw the line is kind of what I'm trying to get at. Like, where do you draw the line in terms of um, the positive or the negative? Like how much should one adapt? <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? And there might not be a good answer to this, but I just love to hear your, your mindset on it. Yeah. So there's, for me, I think there's a fine line between um, cultural uh, appreciation and like cultural appropriation. I feel mm-hmm. like that's where the fine line is at. Sometimes when it comes to code switching, um, some people can feel either either way. Like, okay, you're you're code switching, but at this point, you're like appropriating this particular culture, um, and that's where people can take offense to it. Um, but the biggest thing is before you jump into this realm of code switching with someone, it's first important to build a rapport with that person, um, actually get to know them for who they are, and then you can attempt to code switch. Um, um, as you mentioned, th- this greeting thing, um, how we greet, people greet one another is definitely a form of code switching. Let's say that um, you're in a, let's say, predominantly black setting where you see people, they're greeting each other by, you know, instead of a formal handshake, they're, they're, doing, they're handshaking and then a hug at the same time. That's their means of greeting. So I guess you can switch that by doing just that. Or if they're greeting, you know, what's up or which hand and however the thing is like, it's okay to, you know, to say that. Cause that's the, that's the main way of saying hi or greeting at that particular setting. So, but it's important again for us to know the, the fine line between both. Yeah, absolutely. What about more systemically within our society? Um, we'll just talk about like North America and, you know, there's a bit, been a lot going on with, um, racism, uh, over the last uh, few years, especially it's been exposed quite a bit. And, 
you know, to keep that conversation going around that, um, where, where do you see that the most impact can, can be made? Maybe what's your mindset or what's your vision for where you're going to implement code switching and, and help it kind of start to, to change maybe some of the, some of the cultural divide that we have currently? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So for me, um, when it comes to that, so the work that I, I do, I'm not promoting code switch. I'm not saying everyone, you know, here's this tool, code switch, code switch, code switch, code switch. No, I'm like, this was code switching is. Here's the positive. Here's the negative. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? So code switching in this realm, it can be a negative because in most times when it comes to relates to people of color and, and addressing racism, uh, people of color, who they are, their expression aren't accepted in certain spaces, like their hair, like how they dress, like how they communicate, right? And sometimes there's a there um, there's a pressure there to code switch to be accepted, um, and and that's where my work comes in because it's like code switching should never feel like a requirement. Uh, it should be something that should be done out of choice. And, but from people of color, it's, it's a requirement. Um, and it, it, digs, it digs deeper. How can we address these systemics, uh, things you just mentioned? Because you think about it, for people of color, if they're co-switching in, like, let's say, a predominantly white setting, they're co-switching to that, that dominant white culture. Um, so saying, hey, you need to speak a certain way, you need to dress a certain way, you need to carry yourself a certain way. And my work is like, no, people should have the freedom, the choice to, you know, be their true authentic selves in certain spaces. But it takes, you know, this person to build their cultural competency, their awareness and their sensitivity. I feel like if these three borders or elements are addressed, that, uh, you know, it, it can help minimize, you know, people of color uh, desire or to code switch. Wow. That makes a lot of sense to me. So it's it's almost like um, it's almost like it's a it's more of an awareness than it is anything, and just realizing what's happening. And you know, we we maybe didn't have a word to put on it or a terminology to put on it when when you know we walk into an environment, we start acting a different way um, in a, more of in a negative way because we want to avoid those those stereotypes of of who we are. Um, I think that's a really brilliant um, play and, and just giving some people that, that awareness piece. What have you seen like you in your research or just in, in already? I mean, I think you said you have like 34 some universities or systems that are using your, your kind of uh, learning from code switching. What have you seen the impact? Like, what do you what do you what are you seeing happening as you get out there and you expose people more to this to p- public speaking? What's happening? Yeah. Uh, so what I've been seeing is that one, people are like, ah, so that's the the term to what I've been doing. And and that's just so rewarding to me because a lot of times people aren't aware, you know, what it is or that they're actually doing it. So I'm over here to share like, hey, this is what you're doing. And people are like, really, this is what I've been doing for so long. Um, and and what the work that I do, um, and what I've been seeing is that first is exposing is one again, what, what it is, but then it's sharing is revealing like the root cause of why like people of color experience this burden and that the root cause is because of racism. As I just shared, like they recognize that their space, their, their, 
you know, who they are under accepting certain spaces. So they're doing this switch. And what this switch is doing is that it's just causing some adverse effects. It's making them, uh, it's making them really irritable. It's, it's making them feel like they don't belong or feel like, you know, they're, they're being, um, you know, put on this, this fake persona of who they are and that's not who they are. So with the work that I'm doing across the nation, the biggest impact and feedback I've been getting is that one, thanks for sharing what this is and thanks for sharing um, strategies on how we can go about supporting both staff and students um, who may be struggling with code switching, how to support them, making it feel like, hey, you know, who you are is accepted in this space. You don't have to feel like you need to adjust certain elements of who you are and how can I share with institutions what they can do to allow their both staff and students to bring out more of their cultural capital instead of like suppressing it or hiding it. So that's the biggest thing here. And and I share with institutions like uh, anti-racist practices that they can implement just to one, refine their diversity, equity, and inclusion practices to foster safe, welcoming, an inclusive uh, campus for all students and staff. Wow. I mean, you, you really are, um, you really are spreading uh, a worthwhile awareness that, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, coming from, from my, my perspective in the white culture, um, we've been so used to, to people adapting to us, right. Or in a lot of, a lot of, not all, but in a lot of places, um, and and then you know making that aware that hey why don't we why don't we adapt <laughs> you know why don't we become aware and and ask the questions uh, the tough questions in that space um, what do you you know this is kind of more of a one of my favorite questions that we ask on this or at least I ask pretty consistently you know doing all this research your public speaking raising kids you know living in the the city of of Milwaukee um, being raised in the church like all these things you've seen. Um, all the studies you've done, the education you've had, what do you think the world really just needs more of? And it could be, you know, whatever, whatever you feel like you're passionate about, like, what does this world need more of? And if they had more of it, um, you feel like things would be moving in a better direction. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, I love that question. Uh, for me, I believe the world needs more love, Mm -hmm. uh, needs more understanding more um both sympathy and empathy um i feel like if those four elements you know everyone can embody i feel like this world would be a better place um but the biggest thing is is love for me it's like how can we love on one another regardless um of our differences um i love to challenge people is is to um how can you find uh the commonalities in our differences. Uh, I think that is so important that we need to really be intentional about. Granted, you know, you see a particular person, whatever it is, like, okay, you're maybe different. You're gonna be different in some elements, whether it's gender, whether it's race, whether it's age, whatever it may be. But what can you do to find those commonalities? So it takes uh, effort from both ends to build that rapport with somebody, actually get out your comfort zone, actually um you know learning about who they are um so i think that's the the four elements so love um understanding empathy and sympathy 
Yeah. Amen. I mean, I think at a level, if we were to do that as humans, and I think of times where I've done that really well and times where I've totally missed the mark, you know, what it does is it, it drops the guard and it allows people to truly be who they are around you. Um, and, you know, we, my wife and I do a lot of mentoring and I think our goal is to get to a point in a, a relationship, what takes weeks, months, potentially years where people actually bring the real them to the table. And so we can mentor the real George or the real Mason or whatever versus mentoring this fake persona they're putting on because they want to impress us or they they're code switching or whatever, right? Like how do you, so that we actually can get to know the real you and, and so many gifts and blessings and so many things are just beautiful about the real you. I guarantee it. We just, we need to see it. So it's really interesting. Do you think there's anything specific that puts up those walls, um, you know, in certain situations, like what draws that, those, that code switching out? Is there anything that you just, from your research, you've seen that's kind of patterned um, where people tend to code switch in in more environments than others? I don't know if that's a good question or not. Oh yeah. I get what you're saying. So what makes people want to code switch more, right? Yeah. Um, That's a great question. So before I answer that question, I think it's important for us to share who, who tend to code switch the most. Um, so through research, we found that um, there are three main groups of people who tend to code switch more than the average person, right? Because again, something code switch is what we do naturally as human beings. Everyone does it. So one is multilingual speakers. So anyone who is fluent in three or more languages, bilingual speakers, and members of historically marginalized communities. So from research, we found that when people who are immersed in underrepresented settings, meaning where they're like the only person there that looks like them, that that increases, that makes them want to code switch, right? Because there's no ones that can relate to them, there's no one they can be their true authentic self to and with. So it makes them want to switch to this, you know, this, this dominant culture, wherever that they're at, to code switch. But the biggest we see is that being in underrepresented settings. Wow, that makes so much sense. That answers my my question. I just didn't ask it well. Is that that marginalized communities um, and marginalized not in in a lot of different ways, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, not just socioeconomical. I mean, it could be racial. It could be even the fact that you speak a, a different language. Right. You could be marginalized in a in a predominantly English speaking community if you speak Spanish or whatever. Exactly. Really fascinating. I mean, I think practically we all have been in environments where, you know, travel, if you've traveled outside of the country, you've been fortunate to travel outside of the United States of America and been in a, a foreign speaking country, you are attempting everything you can to fit into that society. I mean, even the way you dress, putting on certain things. So you look more, when I was in Europe, like you look more European, right? That's a form of code switching, right? Yeah. 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 Um... I was share when I was speaking engagements, I was posed a question, why do we why do we co-switch when we travel to a different country? And then people was more like, hmm, I was, you know, think about when you travel to a different country, like what do you do? Right? One, we're intentional about um, learning that new language. We're intentional about um, learning this new environment, but why do we do so, right? One, right, it makes navigating and getting around easier to do so to um to understand different cultures and vice versa to be understood. And also as a, it's a survival tool, right? In this unfamiliar setting, this unfamiliar environment. But lastly is to, 
to make those new connections when we travel, but the same connects right back to code switching and why we may do it. So that's a really good point. Wow. So I could see just in a, like in a new environment, how code switching could play the not positive and the negative pretty quick. Like positively, I could use it to make a new connection, start a relationship. Negatively, I could build that relationship on that same persona and not really ever be, you know, get back to who I genuinely am. And then that becomes a false identity and a false relationship versus, Hey, I needed to bridge the gap here. Now that I bridge the gap, I want to, I want you to know actually who I am yeah. and not stay in this code switched mode or this, this different version of myself. Yes. Yes. Spot yeah. on. It's definitely, we need to know when, when exactly when to turn it on and off and you hit right on the money. Once you've used the tool to establish that new connection or that relationship, whatever case may be, then it's important for you to allow your true authentic self to, to be shown. Wow. You know, one of the things I just wanted to bring up and then we can land the plane maybe here. And if there's anything that sparks or for you to share on or just want to wrap up with you, Ken George, is um, Josh, my co-host, um, grew up in downtown Chicago, predominantly black community. His parents moved him out of Chicago um, into the, the suburbs. Why? Well, <laughs> they wanted to expose him to potentially a better life, right? Like give him a better chance. And one of the things we, we did an episode and he talked about how his dad gave him a card that told him his rights. And this is when he got his driver's license. And he said, dad, why do I need that? And he said, because one day you're going to get pulled over and you need to remember what your rights are. Now I've, I grew up in Wisconsin my dad never had to worry about that. Like he never had to be like, oh, what are your rights? And I'm not trying to say police are bad or anything like that. I'm just saying that's a form of code switching, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a form of just, yeah, just being aware, ready to adapt to different different settings. And like I say, you never know what may happen. So yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's that's the reality for a lot of, you know, people of color living in, in America there. Wow. Wow. Well, this has been really eye-opening for me. I definitely learned some things. Um, is there anything, George, that you feel like uh, you want to share about uh, anything you're working on that's up and coming um, that uh, you feel like the, the community or the people listening might might want access to or know about? Uh, one thing I forgot to mention as it relates to code switching, I just want to share light on the historical background of code switching. Yeah. And if you think back in history with the Native American assimilation, Mm. If you remember what happened then, that that was the ultimate form of code switching. But they were being forced, right? It was a U.S. government tactic used to address this, you know, the Indian problem at the time, um, where they uh, where they forced those uh, Indian Native American children to attend these boarding schools, um, and then forced them to abandon their customs, their traditions, and forced them to essentially code switch by changing like their hair, their attire, and conforming to this, you know, this Eurocentric values and language um if you look at that that particular instance in history and think about what was the um the outcome of that right the outcome was that it destroyed their cultural identity it 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 ruined their their self-concept of who they seen themselves as before but that just shows you um if um what the the adverse effects could be of code switching if you're not code switching on your own terms and for the right reasons. Hmm. Um, and lastly, those who are listening, uh, I share it with everyone through my research, uh, my speaking engagement, is that it's important for us to develop our self concept 
when we're code switching. So if you choose that, hey, you know, George, you showed me the, the positive and negative, and I still choose that I want to code switch. I'm like, here, it's important to know and develop your self-concept. So your self-concept is like, how do you see yourself when co-switching and how do you perceive others view you when you're co-switching? And I share this, one is that you need to co-switch on your own terms, which I've been saying. So on your own terms, meaning that you need to remember that you are in control of the tool and not vice versa. So when we conceptualize that we're, we're in control, it allows us to see that, um, that we're utilizing the tool out of choice rather than by necessity. Um, next, we need to develop our philosophy of code switching, meaning like we need to determine when, where, how, and why we want to code switch. It's important for us to really sit back and answer those questions. Rather than code switch to a, uh, this, whatever group we're in, we need to ask ourselves when, where, how, or why. Next, we need to also identify our purpose, our goal, and even our reasoning. And then we need to assess if we view code switching as a positive or a negative thing to do. I share with everyone is that if you view code switching as negative, you should stop code switching. To stop it or try your best to minimize it any way possible. So next is again coaching for the right reasons, right? So the right reasons may look different from everybody. Rather, it's advancing their professional goals, having relationships, to learn to understand different cultures, change the narratives, become a diverse diverse communicator. Right? Need to need to develop your right reasons. Um, and lastly, when developing your self concepts, it's important for us to stay true to our identity, right? To never Closer to suppress or hide like our identity, our religion, or any other intersectionality. And I always encourage everyone that we should co-switch uh, to celebrate our multilingual or our multicultural identity. And if we can develop that strong self-concept of co-switching, we, we can be very intentional um, on how we use it, who we use it with, and when to turn it on and off. Wow. Very, very good. Very well said. I think that last uh, few minutes there is uh, very, very practical um, thoughts in how to implement some of the some of the research you've done and, and use it in your life. George, I appreciate you coming on. Um, and I know our audience will get a ton of value from this episode. So thank you for your time. Of course, Mason. Thanks for having me. You bet. Blessings and peace. All right. Take care. Our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead, subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, 